Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Hello, my name is Ryan Coons, and I'll be reading from Hebrews 10, 19-25. Brothers and sisters, we have confidence that we can enter the Holy of Holies by means of Jesus' blood, through a new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, which is his body, and we have a great high priest over God's house. Therefore, let's draw near with a genuine heart, with the certainty that our faith gives us, since our hearts are sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies are washed with pure water. Let's hold on to the confessions of our hope without wavering, because the one who made the promise is reliable. And let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparkling love and good deeds. Don't stop meeting together, with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other, especially as you see the day drawing near. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Ryan, thank you for reading our scripture today. We certainly appreciate you doing that. I want to share a few things with you before we um, get started. Uh, In the first service this morning at 945, I want you to know, because we are one church family together, that we celebrated giving Bibles to five third graders today. That's always a joyful thing and something to celebrate. I actually, yeah, you can clap. Um, I actually brought a relic of my own to show them. I have my third grade Bible um, that I got in September when I was eight years old, and it, mine is not near as fun as the one they got today. Theirs has pictures, mine doesn't, but um, that, that's something to celebrate with them. So if you know one of those families, we'll have a picture that we'll put on Facebook later today. Congratulate them. It's an exciting day for those kiddos. Um, also, I want to let you know that um, many of you know that Pastor Jeff's mother has had some some health concerns over the past few months, and um, this last week, took a a fairly significant turn, Um, and so she has now entered hospice care, and so Jeff has been with her and his sister in Lubbock um, the last few days, um, just being with her, spending time with her, and so please keep him and Mary and all of their family in your prayers in these coming days um, as as they walk this journey of of the final days of, of, of his mother's life with her. I know that he greatly appreciates all of you, um, the love and the encouragement and the support that you give to him. So please keep them in your prayers. And, and with that, would you now join me as we pray together? Oh God, we thank you for the gift of the day, the gift of this place. This place where you have called us to come together in community, both with you, but with, with one another place where we come and we enjoy fellowship together, enjoy learning more about who it is you have called us to be. And so, God, we pray that you would send your spirit now, that you would quiet our minds, open our hearts to the word that you have for us today. And Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth would not be my own, but that they would be your words for your church. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. So I also want to add that all of, all of that transpired um, with Pastor Jeff on Thursday, meaning I had a quick turnaround um, to write a sermon. So just keep that in mind. That's all I'm saying. Keep that in mind as we go. Just keeping it real for you this morning. So 
Okay, so let's go. So today is the second uh, week in a five-week series called I Love My Church that we began last week. And so I want to start by letting you tell me what are some of the reasons that you love your church. Just shout them out. I want to hear them. Okay? Okay? Coffee. Thank you. Come on, y'all, y'all can keep going. The first service has you beat right now. Okay? All right, good. Good. So there are lots of things that you love about your church. And so throughout this series, our hope is that we can learn more about why God designed the church and how we find fulfillment and spiritual growth through loving God by also loving God's church. And the hope is that we all find some um, renewed passion for the vision of our church and then the role that we each play within that vision. Because at Stonebridge, we certainly want to be more than pew sitters, or in your case, chair sitters, right? We want to grow spiritually. We want to have joy in our life while we serve God and while we serve the church. And so over the next few weeks, we'll talk about the importance of serving, the importance of giving, the importance of sharing. But today, I want to talk about what it means to be in community with one another, what it means to be in connection. Because the church is very much a place where we discover real relationship with God. But it's also a place where we come to make friends, to find other people to live life with. And then we take that love for God, for other people, out into the community, and we invite other people to come and be a part of it with us. So in the book of Hebrews, the passage that Ryan read for us, we find a picture of of how a functioning community of believers should practice loving each other. Now, it's important to know that that was written at a time when Jewish Christians were undergoing a lot of of persecution for their faith. They were torn between this new faith that they had found and their old um, Jewish ways. And so they wanted and needed reassurance that Christianity was true. And they needed reassurance that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. And so particularly in chapter 10 that we read from today, we see there's a faith community that's in crisis. So I want you to keep that in mind, and we'll, we'll come back to that. But first, I want you to think about the visual of a fence. Now, fences come in all shapes and sizes, right? Some of them are, can be small and transparent. You can see through them. Some of them are quite large. They're like walls that create a fortress around something. But in all cases, what is a fence designed to do? It's designed to either keep something out or keep something in. Now, think about a house. Think about um, a fence around the perimeter of a backyard. But first, think about a front yard, maybe one that looks like this. The grass is neatly mowed. It looks nice. There's flowers lining all the flower beds. It looks like something off the cover of a magazine. But across that fence in the backyard, maybe a different story. The grass is mowed, but maybe not as often. There might be toys scattered everywhere. There might be a grill and some furniture back there. If you have a dog, you have to watch where you're walking. The fence separates those two spaces. It's a barrier between the front, the thing that everybody can see, and the back, which is where life happens. And I think the image of a fence is helpful today as we talk about this scripture, as we think about it in light of of community. Because one of God's plans for the church is that we would live connected lives, both with God but also with one another. Because God wants us to know 
true community. So picture your life as a yard, just for now. Picture it as a yard. And if we're honest, I think we'd all admit we like a good fence, right? We like a good fence because we're comfortable letting people see the front lawn, the immaculate grass, the flower beds, the trees, maybe a porch that's decorated, but the backyard? That, that's different because that's, that's the real us. And you get into the backyard only with an invite. And so, so I, I build a fence. We build fences because I'm not sure I want you to know what's going on with the real me. There's parts of my life I don't want anybody to see. And so you can keep it behind a fence. But the truth is that God's not a fan of fences. Not when it comes to being in relationship with him, and also not when it comes to being in relationship and community with one another. And so if we intend to love God, if we intend to love others and love the church as God wants us to, I think there's a few things that we need to do. The first one is to know that Jesus has torn down the fence. If we look at the first five verses of the, the passage from Hebrews, it reminds us what we've received as Christians through the work of Jesus Christ. Because in Jesus' act of self-giving, all of the obstacles have been removed. And so that means that we then have access to God. Jesus is the new and living way to God's presence. And so instead of, of our humanity being a curtain or a sort of barrier that it used to be, our humanity really becomes a point of connection with Jesus. Because it's his body, his full humanity, that opens the way to God. Now, the passage refers to something called the Holy of Holies. And what that means is, in the Old Testament, the Holy of Holies was the the innermost part of the temple where God's presence would appear. And the only person that could enter the Holy of Holies was the high priest. No one else. But the text tells us that Jesus is now our great high priest. He has torn down that fence, that curtain separating us from God, and so we can confidently draw near. But that means that we have to admit that we need Jesus. That means that we have to admit that we can't do life on our own. And the truth is we build fences. We build these walls to protect and confine who we really are, and we stay separated from God. Because sin is a fence that keeps us from true community with God. And so it's only when we admit our mistakes, when we realize and accept that Jesus tore down the fence of sin on the cross, that we can have a relationship with him. And so I invite you to to draw near to Jesus as your Lord, to draw near to him as your Savior, to allow him into your life, both the good parts and the not-so-good parts, and accept the relationship that he gives to each one of us. Because there's no more barrier. We can draw near with genuine hearts, with certainty that our faith gives us. We can move forward and hold fast to hope and never lose our grip of what we believe. Because the scripture tells us that our certainty is in the faithfulness of a God who keeps promises. God is not just something to feel. God is someone to know. God is someone to know. The next thing I think we need to do, and this refers to verse 25, I'll come back to 24 in a minute, is allow others into our yard. When we come to worship, and I think this is true whether you're worshiping in person or if you're worshiping online, we come and we sing songs. 
and we smile and we hopefully say good morning to at least one person. But we often do it from behind a fence. Not the fence that Jesus tore down. No, no, this is a different one. This is a fence that we build between ourselves and other people. Because we still want people to see only the nice parts of our yard. And so we keep building these walls. We keep tabs on where we are going to allow people to walk. And we become quite good at putting up barriers. And yet, if we're going to to truly love our church, then it means intentionally loving our church. Which I would say also includes those who are not yet here. And so I want to be clear that, that this does not mean we love our building. It does not mean that we love our programs. Those are great things. But what this means is that we love each other. And that's impossible to do from behind a fence. So verse 25 gives us a big clue about a way to love each other. It says, don't stop meeting together with other believers. I'm not using this to guilt you into coming to church every Sunday. Maybe I am a little bit. But this is about something bigger than that. Sunday is important. Yes, you're all here. And that's great. But this is really talking about doing life together continuously, to live in community with one another. And community means authenticity. That means sharing ourselves with other people, a deeper relationship than we can have by sitting in the chairs in this big room while I stand up here and talk. Community means standing in someone's yard and allowing them to stand in mine with transparency. How many of you watched the show Home Improvement? It was popular in the 90s. If you watched Home Improvement, you remember Wilson. He was the neighbor. He was Tim's neighbor. And this is pretty much all we see of Wilson. He lived next door to them for years, but they never really saw his face. All they saw was the top of his head. And I think sometimes it's like that here at church. We come and we sit next to people on Sunday. Maybe people we know really well. We serve on committees together. We go to Bible study together. We go on mission trips together and we serve together, but we never really see them. And they never really see us. We only see a glimpse behind our fences, and that impedes the community that we we need to have. So whose yard are you in, and who are you allowing into yours? Maybe that happens for you in a small group. Maybe that happens for you in a serving ministry that you're a part of, or maybe you've simply chosen a person or two to see past your fence, and that's okay. To truly experience not only church, but also life as God intended it, we can't live behind the fence. We have to love someone here. Now, that doesn't mean that we transform into super social extroverts, because if you know me, you know that is not who I am, and that's not what I'm saying, but it does mean that we don't live in isolation. We don't live in isolation. Community is standing in someone's yard. And when you do, you enjoy the company. Verse 24 says, Let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. When we consider something, that means we're contemplating. That means we're making an effort. And so community is finding ways to encourage, finding ways to motivate and and help one another to love and to good deeds. Because we come here not only to get, but we come here to give. 
And so even if you don't feel a need for others at, at some given time, maybe today you don't feel a need for anybody else, but others may need you. And so that's why it's important that you be here. And we enjoy one another and we help each other to enjoy serving Jesus together. But it takes intentional effort. And I want to offer a few things to consider about that. The first is that we have to have healthy expectations. I was thinking about this yesterday and I've, I've had people say to me frequently, both here and at churches that I've served prior to coming to Stonebridge, and that people say this to me as they're on their way out the door permanently, that they're leaving the church for good. And they'll say something like, this church just doesn't feel like home anymore. And so I typically will prod them a little bit and say, well, tell me more about what that means to you. Help me understand what that means. And the answer is usually something like, there's too many people that don't know me. There's too many people that don't know my name. It's, it's too big. It doesn't have the feel of like that small, kind of intimate family. So I have a few responses to that. Um, first, if we decide that we exist solely for a small group of people and we want to keep the everybody knows your name mentality, we have missed the boat. Okay? That, that is not the point. And that is not how God designed the church. It's a different sermon, and I won't preach that today. Um, but we will not possibly know every single person here. We will not. We will not be best friends with everyone here. That's not realistic. But I will tell you what we can do. Over time, we can build good connections with many people. We can have great friendships with some. And we can have deep relationships with a few. And as long as we're all doing that together at the same time, that is how God created and designed the church to be. And so small steps toward that are okay. Living without fences does not mean you leave here today and you go tell every single person all of your personal business. That's not the goal. Building relationships takes time, and having one or two close ones is okay. But we all have to take some ownership and realize that this is everyone's job. This is not everyone else's job but ours. We all need to work at it. We can't just sit and wait for everyone to come to us. So on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the lowest, think about how much effort are you putting into connecting with other people? On a scale of 1 to 10, how much effort are you putting into connecting with other people. And then think about over the next month or so, how could you raise that number by one or two? Not a lot, just move the needle just a little bit. So each week of this series, we're going to give you action items for you to to consider. And so I have five of those for you today. Um, The first one Pastor Dale talked about earlier, this is an an easy one. Order a t-shirt. I know it's bright red. I get it. I know. It's not understated by any means, but it's not supposed to be. That's the point. Um, And so order a shirt. Wear them on October 9th or before if you want, but also wear it outside of here. Don't just wear it to church because the point is for it to be a conversation piece at the grocery store, at Starbucks, wherever 
um, you're going to tell people why you love your church. People have asked me, well, why didn't you have the, the name of the church printed on it? There's a few reasons for that. But one of the reasons, in my opinion, is we want people to ask you. We want people to ask you, where do you go to church? And we started off with that little exercise. You people know why you love your church. You just told me a whole bunch of reasons. So you know what to say. So get a shirt. The second one, visit the ministry kickoff page on our website. If you were not here last Sunday, we had a wonderful time together at the ministry kickoff. If you did not have a chance to visit one of those tables, there were over 25 ministries represented last week, and all of that information is online for you. So that if you were not here for some reason, you're able to access that. And, and so I hope that you'll look at it. Find a place to connect. Find a new way to be involved. If you're on Facebook, I realize that not all of you are, but if you are, we have a Stonebridge UMC community page, which some people um, don't know about. And so that's a private group page. You have to request to join it, and then we give you access to it that functions very differently than our main Stonebridge church page because it's designed to be interactive. You can actually post things there. You can see things other people are posting, and it's a way for you to stay connected and informed about what's going on within the church, and then allows you to share that information on your own Facebook page to broaden the reach, so to speak, and let other people know about what's going on here, and then invite them. And also with a t-shirt, by the way. If you have a, a conversation, invite them to come to church. That's an important piece. The next thing is to attend the town hall meeting. That'll be next Sunday at noon in, in this room, right after this service is over. And then the last one, maybe the most difficult, intentionally connect with a specific person this week. It might be someone that you haven't seen at church in a while. It might be somebody that you come in and, and week after week and you think, you know, I haven't seen them. I wonder where they are. It might be someone that's new, a new face that you've seen, and you want to make them feel welcome. Or it might be someone that you already know. Somebody that you know needs a listening ear. Somebody that you know needs you. And so invite them. Invite them to go have coffee with you. Invite them to go have lunch with you. Friends, we need each other. We need love. We need the good deeds and encouragement that we have for one another. Those are lights in a dark and desperate world that we live in. Those are the things that, that keep us going. But, but loving someone requires action. Because Jesus intends for us to come together as one body in unity to withstand challenges, but also to celebrate successes that we have in life. Many of you are probably familiar with The Lord of the Rings, at least the movie, okay? Maybe not the book. And I don't even know how many movies there are. Okay, I, I lost track, but anyway. What I do know, in the movie, there are at least, there are nine characters, nine main characters, that, that they're thrown together on this journey that they're taking. I think this is a great model of what it looks like to live in community because they're all very different from one another. Some of them are very strong physically. Some of them are very strong personalities. Some of them seem kind of useless at first, but later have this hidden attribute that shows up. And several of them show weakness, but it's the group together that helps them to overcome that. 
And so at the end, it's obvious that not one of the nine would have survived without all of the others helping them along the way. Jesus planned for us to survive and to thrive with the presence of each other. So, if you made the assumption today that everyone worshiping with you, everyone here, needs some kind of encouragement, how would that change your actions? I want you to think of a way to show someone that you care before you leave here today. That might be giving them a hug, it might be saying a kind word to them, giving them a smile, or simply introducing yourself and learning someone's name. The hope is that we're open to sharing in someone's journey and that we allow someone to share in ours. And church, one of my greatest joys as, as one of your pastors is to hear someone, whether they're, they're new to the church or whether they've been here a while, to say, I feel seen and accepted here. I feel safe here. I feel loved here. And I've been hearing that a lot lately, and I'm so grateful to you for that. I'm so grateful for your witness. I believe that we are mutually responsible for watching over each other's souls and love. For watching over each other's souls and love. To offer accountability, to offer encouragement, to offer support, to ensure that no one stands alone. It is essential. It is essential to our progress and our journey of discipleship. Because there is no such thing as a solitary Christian. That is not a thing. Because our faith in Christ is deeply personal, but it is not private. It is not. And so let's be a place where hearts are touched, but our minds are stretched. Let's be a place where we are accepted as we are, but we're called to be more. That we're called to be better. A place where we gather for worship and renewal, but then we go out to serve and to make a difference. Because at the core, our human souls are designed for friendship with Jesus. And the good news about that is that he's right here. He's right here. He's chasing after our hearts. He's delighting in us. And he has given us a way to love and to care for each other, to bring peace and truth into darkness. And it is the church. It's a beautiful expression of God at work in us and God at work through us. And my hope and my prayer is that one day, one day, we might all hear Jesus say, thank you for loving my church by loving my people. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.